0: Good morning. It's uh, it's good to see you. There are a lot of uh, joyous faces out there. I uh, I've been struggling with the crud this week and uh, just feeling not good. So I've tried to avoid you this morning, and that's that's for your benefit. And uh, I am here to power through and uh, in God's power deliver the word that He has for us today. Uh, but I will try to not um, come near you afterwards too, either. So I know it's it's hard for me to do. That's one of the things in our church. I say like, let's. We stay around, we hang out, we fellowship, we get to know each other afterwards. So do that still, just not with me after church, okay? Um, and then that will hopefully prevent you from getting what I have. Um, it is good to be here, though, today, and uh, I am just, I'm just so excited to start this Advent season. And I, I mean, I came into the sanctuary just so excited. Usually I'm part of decorating it and putting it up, but I was ill and I couldn't be here, so I got to see it for the first time as I walked through the doors this morning. i just so thankful for that. Um, a couple of things I wanted to, to mention before we really get started and going. Um, first, I think Alistair mentions it every week, but I, I just wanted to reiterate that there is a check-in card um, in the pew rack in front of you, and it's uh, a little green card, and we'd love to hear from you. And so maybe you're here for the first time or the first time in a long time. Uh, maybe you have a prayer request. Uh, maybe you, you're here and you're like, I, I want to get connected. I don't know what to do next. Well, you, you can certainly stay afterwards and grab one of our elders or uh, just get to know somebody and Start asking questions. Uh, that's a great way to do that. But we'd love to call you as well and connect with you and um, let you know about what's going on in our church. So that's the, the easiest way to do that is to fill out that uh, little check-in card. Uh, you can turn it into Alistair at the kiosk afterwards or put it in a little offering box on the side of the uh, sound booth as you head out. We'll get those tomorrow morning and give you a holler and just check in and get you the information you need, or just at least pray for you. Um, so that's also another opportunity at the end of the service where where we're done, but we're not. And stay high and give a hug or, or reach out to someone and say, hey, listen, I, I need some prayer today, and uh, we would love, love to be a part of that. Love to be doing that as a family of God. Um, as we uh, are heading into this this next year, um, Alistair mentioned we have our business meeting packets that will be available after the the service for uh, our our members' business meeting coming up on the seventeenth. A um, lot of great things going on, and uh, it's interesting that you know time changes and seasons change. And one of the things I wanted to mention that. Um, uh, Chase and Crystal, who have a new newborn baby, and I see you rocking her back there. Um, it's just they've entered a different season in life now. And Chase, uh, Chase has taken a, a job, a working position with uh, Sportsman's Den, and uh, will be kind of weaning and waning down his hours at the church as our student ministry director um, over the next few months. And uh, that's that's just one of those seasons in lifetime, and a great way for him to provide for his family and to continue though uh, in, in his passion in youth ministry. Maybe not so much in the, uh, in the crazy nuts and bolts of, of the overhead stuff, but really uh, be able to dive in continually, um, he and his wife, for the years to come in youth ministry. So uh, with that change, um, our elders and our personnel committee have been meeting and, and readjusting some things. One of the things you'll see in your business meeting packet uh, for the nominations is that, that Matt, who has been serving in our, as our worship leader um, and an apprentice elder for the last year, uh, you'll see his name up for uh, consideration as an elder, in our church starting in January. And, uh, and your responsibility is to, to make sure you've vetted him and you've talked to him. And if there's something that you see or know that, that is in his life that shouldn't be, that you talk and let him know that. Um, if there's something that would disqualify him, that you make sure you go to him. But we have him up for consideration as an elder in our church come January. So with that consideration and uh, with just the gifts and talents we have, we're going to move some parts around. Um, Alistair's going to take on some more uh, youth men roles and, uh, and some of the admin roles that Alistair has been doing throughout the uh, um, the years. Uh, Matt is going to start to take over and increase in some of that. Matt is actually going to be leaving his job uh, at the Mount Shasta Supermarket uh, to come on and work here more more steady uh, and uh, considerably more hours as, uh, as an associate pastor in our church. So that's going to be an exciting time. That's all in your business meeting packet, and, uh, and we'd love, love to answer more questions. I think next week we have a Q&A time as well as for that. So those are some exciting things. So we're going to be in prayer for... Uh, certainly for Chase and for Crystal and their family. We're gonna be in prayer for Matt and his family and Alistair and his family. And just for our church, that God is continuing to, to put the pieces in place where, where he wants. Uh, and I, I wrote down in my notes, uh, it just came to mind, um, you know, the, the book of Esther, right? When Mordecai goes to Esther and, and he kind of, he encourages her and says, you need to go and approach the king. Uh, who knows, what does he say? That God has raised you up for what? For such a time as this. For such a time. And here's the best part. God gets for such a time as this right all the time. And we can trust that all the time. So I, I am so, so excited about that. Um, all right, that's kind of all I have for housekeeping stuff. I'm going to pray for us right now. We'll pray for uh, those prayer needs as well. And I know there's lots going on in our country, lots going on in our community, lots going on in our, in our world. We're just going to take a minute uh, to stop and quiet our hearts and, and pray, okay? Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to be here today. God, as the family of God, coming together in unity. God, with one another in fellowship. God, to worship you and exalt you. You are great and you are worthy of all praise. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Lord, if they weren't, what would we do? Every morning there's something new that's a tragedy, some new hurdle or obstacle, evil in our world. God, your mercies are new every morning. And God, we know that everything that happens in this life and in this world is not a surprise to you, that you are not far away, that you are are right here and you see it. You are sovereign over it. You are working in and through it. And God, you are using your people, the church, to bring about peace and hope and joy, pointing them to the Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we... Know that there's a different season coming up a different chapter for many uh, in our church in their lives. God, if we pray for Chase and for Crystal, God, little Leilani for Malachi, Malia, that I, I pray that you would just surround them with your grace and your peace, got a hedge of protection around that family as, as God, he works uh, now hard at uh, Sportsman's Den to continue to provide for his family. And um, and God, I pray that the new season, the new chapter of, of ministry in their lives, God, what that looks like with uh, with just being a part of our student ministry and, and all the other ministries in our in our church, God, as Crystal meets with other women in our church and young moms or um, young, young women, Lord, I, I pray you would just uh, make that a fruitful ministry for them, that they would be blessed by that. There would be joy there, God. We are so, so thankful for, for them. God, we're so thankful for Chase, God, all the ways that he has served you and will continue to serve you, God, what a blessing he is to this body, God. what an addition he has been for so many years to this body and will continue to be, that we're so excited for that. We pray for Matt, God, for Kim. As they welcomed a little little baby Oliver, Lord and um, God, we pray that uh, as they adjust and as they make those adjustments, God, that we would be gracious to them. This church would be gracious to them. That God, they would they would be flexible. God, that you would be pouring out your provision and blessing upon them as new new hurdles in their lives come up. God, that you would be taking care of those things and meeting them where they're at. That help the adjustments that need to be made in our in our church family and our body, God, in our leadership to go smoothly. God, we thank you for Alistair and God all the things that he has done in our. In our body as well as serving alongside of of this body as associate pastor, Lord, and as he continues to do that and just moves into a deeper discipleship role, um, taking on the responsibilities of students as well as adults, yeah we pray that your blessing upon him. God, the balance that he needs to do that, Lord, as he hands off administrative tasks more to uh, to Matt and to others, Lord, I pray that you would just you would just help us all find that balance. Ultimately, we know, Lord, that this this body, this church, is your church. So, Lord, we place it in your hands. We thank you for all the things that are happening for the ways that you're leading us and guiding us and, and God directing us, we submit ourselves to you for such a time as this. Lord, as we look to our community, there are hurts in our community even today, Lord, that, that some know of and some don't, but Lord, I, I pray that you would, you would be healing hearts, that you'd be guarding hearts, that you would be opening doors for ministry and God, for the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the hope to go out. You'd use us in many ways in this community, Lord, and uh, as God, people are, are thirsty and, and parched as they are in chains, God, that we would be moving towards them with with a drink and with the keys with Jesus. Lord, as we look to our nation and as we look to our our world, it's in such turmoil and so so much chaos and so much evil and hatred against you and against your church. Lord, when we pray for peace, we we don't want just an end of hostility and an end of war. Lord, we want the Prince of Peace. This world needs the Prince of Peace. And until, until the Prince of Peace invades the hearts of people, there will be no real peace, no real joy. we pray for you to come, Lord, for you to come quickly, for people to see you, God, for nations to humble themselves and bow before the God of the universe and submit their will to yours. We love you, and we thank you that we are firmly planted in your hands. We commit this time to you now, Lord, I ask that you would give me strength and energy, God, to to pour out your message today. I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're in Luke chapter 2. We are um, back in our Christmas series. We started last year called Songs of Christmas. You'll notice in your sermon notes the song is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. We'll sing that here in a few moments together as a congregation. But like many uh, Christmas songs, one of the uh, issues that comes up as we sing, that they're so familiar to us that we just end up singing the words, don't we? We, we know all the words, and we, before we know it, we've sung the song without really uh, hearing it or understanding it. And that's that's true of a lot of things. We kind of check out when things become familiar, right? So as we as we approach this Christmas series, uh, there's kind of a threefold purpose behind it, and I just want to really quickly share that. One is, is to first understand the beautiful poetry, the words of the carols that we sing each year, that we actually look at them, we read them, we, we understand them. I, I've done it so many times, you know, in, in July when I'm listening to my Christmas music, because that's when I listen to it all the time, Matt, all the time, right? And so uh, I, I love it, and, but I will, I'll find myself thinking, wait a minute, what did that just say? And I'll go back and I'll rewind that song and I'll go, oh, those are the words, how deep they are and how meaningful they are. I'm like, we got to write that down. We got to sing that one, right? But we, got, we have to understand the words. It's so important for us to do. Uh, next, we want us to take, we don't take the, the Christmas carols, and, and not all of them do this, but the ones we will choose will and, and ones that we sing as a church should, we want them to be used as, as, as windows for us to see the beauty of the biblical story. A carol should, should do that, right? It should be a window or a door that allows us to walk through and to see and to peer in to God's redemptive story as seen in the Scriptures. Amen? And finally, what we want to do is when we take and we understand and then we use them as a window, as a redemptive narrative, uh, we want to take what we have seen and heard in the Scriptures And in these songs, and we want to lift it to God then responsively, We want to lift it to God richly from the depths of our heart. And we want to lift it to God reverently, because He alone deserves all praise. You know, that's how we should honor God with our songs, by the way. responsively, like, God, you've done something in me, and, and I've learned something, I know something, so I'm going to say it. And then richly, where it comes from the gut saying, God, this is deep. This is good. This is just like the icing on top of the cake. I want it to be rich when I worship you because your truth is rich. Your grace is rich. Your mercies are rich. And I want it to revere you. I want it to be something that exalts you, not me. It exalts you. It shines Jesus from the, the highest mountaintop. That we would do that as a church as well. So again, today we start with, come that long-expected Jesus Uh, We're going to bring the the projector screen down if we could, and then uh, in a few minutes I'm going to have Mark put up um, each part of the verse, and we're going to look through that together. Before I do that, we're in Luke chapter 2. If you would turn there with me, I'm going to read 25 through 38, and this will kind of go along with our uh, our message today. So Luke chapter 2, 25 through 38. I'm going to drink a water. All right, verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him What was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you have promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and will be a sign that will be opposed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Going on in verse 36, There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel, in the tribe of Asher. She was, she was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years uh, after her marriage. Uh, and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about Him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the Word of God. So we look at this today, as we look at this text, as we look at this song, what we're seeing is uh, the title of today is, is looking forward to it, looking forward to it. And I wrote down a list of some things that, that we tend to look forward to, right? And, and it's interesting because there's a difference. I think there's things that we want to do and we kind of gripe when we don't get to do them. But then there's the category of things we're looking forward to. It's like we, we have too, we're too excited about what's gonna happen to even gripe that it's not happening. So there's a different category. Like when, I, when my kids say, hey, can we have ice cream? No, oh man, there's that moping, right? But it's like when we say we're going to Disneyland, there's no griping. It's like, yes, whenever we go, we're going, we, we're going to go. And they're just looking forward to it. They're looking forward to it, right? So some things we look forward to. By the way, I never said that to my kids. <laughs> not yet. I'm sure some others have, but not me. One day. It's not that good of a dad, I guess. I don't know. Looking forward to it. So there are those special trips, right? You think of those special vacations, those ones you plan for Kind of those once-in-a-generation in a trips, maybe, or a, or a really fun family trip. Maybe you go yearly to a different destination, and your family's always looking forward to that special summer trip. Maybe for some of you that are younger, it's like, I, I can't wait to get, I'm looking forward to getting to high school. I want to be in high school. Don't, don't get in a hurry. I can't wait. if you're, maybe you're in high school. It's like, I can't wait to graduate high school. Like, I'm going to graduate, and then it's like, I'm looking forward to leaving this town, Right? And then once you've graduated, you've kind of go, maybe gone to college or gone into a, a a trade or something. But now you're looking forward to what? Like I'm looking forward to marriage. I wanna I wanna have a family, marriage and kids. And maybe you're you're older and you're like I your your kids are grown up and they they have kids. And so you're like I, I was looking forward to becoming a grandparent. And that's what you are now. And, and or maybe you're in that point of like I've gone to school. I've been married. I've I've been through my job. And I, I am looking forward to retirement. Looking forward to retirement. I'm counting the days. Then you buy one of those little counters, right? Those days. It's probably an app for that. Maybe it's a little more simple. Maybe it's you have a special place you love to eat. Maybe you and your spouse or you and a friend, and you just look forward to it. Like when we go to that that city or that town, we love to go to that restaurant. Maybe it's maybe it's just a, you're looking forward to it because it's a a familiar friendship, a familiar relationship. I mean, how many times have have we seen each other and said, "Hey." I, I can't wait to see you next week. Or I'm like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Because we have that kindred spirit between us, right? Some of us, like on a nice Sunday afternoon, we're really looking forward to a nap. To a nap, right? We're looking forward to it. Finally get there, right? If you can get it. There's things we look forward to. Today we're going to see, and we've seen in Scripture, that there were those who were looking forward to seeing Jesus. And, and, and for me, you know, as we, we look at Christmas, I know some of are like, don't celebrate too early. Wait till December or wait till at least after Thanksgiving. And, I, you know, me and my family, it's like it's all year long. But, but our hopes, our heart should always be looking forward to Jesus and what he's going to be doing. So I'm going to look at four different things as we look at our, our um, song now that we're looking forward to, right? Number one is this, looking forward to it, the Savior that we need. We'll put the first stanza up there if we could. <clears throat> All right, we're going to do the first and then the second slide. It says, uh, this is the first one. This is also in your, in your discussion guide on the back of your sermon notes. It says, Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. A beautiful song. And it's probably one that maybe is familiar to some of you, and maybe it's not. Um, it's, it's a little bit older. It's a, it's a Wesley song. and um, Wonderful, wonderful text to look at. And as we look at this text, um, there's a longing. There's, there's, he's looking forward. He says, We're looking forward to the Savior we need. He's, he was born, Jesus is born to what? To set the people free from our fears and sins. God, release us and let us find our rest in thee. Do you understand that? We need rest. We need hope. We need forgiveness. This is a plea, a longing for this forgiveness and rest. And we saw this in Simeon where there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, but he feared God, he honored God, he was devoted to God, and he was looking forward to Israel's consolation. The final time when Israel would be whole and, and free and made new, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, it had be, been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah, the Savior, the Lord's Savior. So there's a need for a Savior We go way back to the Garden of Eden for this, don't we? In Genesis chapter 3, we see the fall where where Satan came in and crept in and tempted uh, Adam and Eve to sin. And when sin entered the world, death entered the world. There was a hostility between mankind and God at that point. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is hostility, and and we are all an enemy of God. But there was a promise in that. In Genesis 3, God says, I'm going to put hostility between you, that is Satan, and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. Something very important about the seed of this woman, her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. You might get a little nip at him, but he is going to crush you. There is a promise that that the the Messiah, the Savior, was to come, and that he would conquer Satan, sin, and death once and for all. This promise was through her offspring. This promise is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we say, come thou long-expected Jesus. And what is he to do? Well, we see Isaiah 43. God says, I, I am the one. I sweep away your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more. And that is, that is an amazing thing that we have, a promise that we have. We walk around thinking, oh, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm okay. It's no big deal. I don't have many sins or I'm not as bad as so-and-so, Right? You probably say that about me all the time. Like, at least I'm not as bad as Brandon. We walk around thinking we're okay on our own, and we are not. We are not. We have to stop comparing ourselves with each other and the rest of the world, and we compare ourselves in light of the righteousness and the glory of God. And when we do that, we see that we are far, far away from God, and we are in the the greatest need that we could ever, ever find ourselves in. You know, think about this, uh, this strong, able, adult people. We are grown-ups now. We've got it together. We can do this. And God says, no, you can't. In fact, my little baby is going to be stronger than your strongest effort. And he gives us the Lord Jesus. He himself, God, puts on human flesh so he can come down, identify with his people, but ultimately give himself as a sacrifice for our sins. This is what Jesus does so that we can be forgiven because we need a savior so we ought to be looking forward to that savior that we need isaiah 61 1 says the spirit of the lord god is on me and actually jesus quoted this by the way in the temple in the gospels and he says the spirit of the lord god is on me because the lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has set he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom for uh, for the prisoners to the prisoners See, God God wants to free us from this bondage and this weight and this slavery to sin that we are so bound to because we are all, all guilty. But Jesus has come to be the Savior. Part of this was read by Darcy this morning in Isaiah 25. The beauty is this. When he had swallowed up death once and for all, the Lord God will wipe away the tears. You think about how much mourning and how much weeping we will do Over our sin and separation, there should be lots. He'll wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth for the Lord has spoken. You see that? Do you you understand the mercy of God? That he looks at you and yeah, he sees disgrace and he sees sin, but he sees a Savior in Jesus who can wipe away that disgrace, who can wipe away that sin and, and free you from that guilt and that bondage and that slavery and that shame that you have been feeling all your life on that day it will be said, look, this is our God. We have waited for Him, longed for Him, and, and He saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. Let's rejoice and be glad in His salvation. This is what we refocused on at Christmas time. Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us. Let us find our rest in thee. This is a Savior that that would make all things right, make all things new, one that we could find our rest and our hope in, one that we would rejoice in, and we should be looking forward to this Savior. Are you? Have you looked forward to Him? Have you already seen your need for salvation? Have you already seen your need for forgiveness? And have you responded in faith that God save me? You are the one that's mighty to save Wash away my transgressions. Rid me of my disgrace. Or are you still waiting for that? And what are you waiting for? Cry out, come, come thou long-expected Jesus and save me today. Number two, what else are we looking forward to? The satisfaction of every longing. That's number two, the satisfaction of every longing. If we go to the next verse, Mark. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. You see, when we come to faith in Christ and we see Him as the Savior we need, now we see Him as the satisfaction and the fulfillment and the joy that will take the place of any sorrow. And that pit, that hole that's inside of us is now filled up with with a mighty, mighty God, Jesus. Because God knows what we need and God knows what we yearn for, and He knows that, in fact, it is Him. We see this in Luke chapter 2 as we follow our story again with Simeon in 27. Guided by the Spirit, He entered the temple. Right? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, looking forward to it. And when the parents brought the child Jesus in to perform what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and praised God and said, Can you imagine that, parents? Like someone comes in, like, Give me that baby! This is him. Like, what are you doing with my kid? Like, like this is kind of crazy. He says now he says, he looked, tips him up and, and praise God. He, he looks at him and says, God, God, you, Master, can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. What, what was Simeon feeling right then? Full. He was feeling full. He he saw and felt and knew the fullness of being satisfied from every longing. He knew that this was it. All his hopes were in this little baby child he'd just taken from their parents. This is all I need. All I need is all of him, and now he's got him. Then we'll have peace, and our own joy would be full. Listen, if you and I don't have this fullness of joy and this peace because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, there is a problem. You are searching for, for something else to satisfy. You are searching for something else to fill that gap, and it will never, ever do. Only Jesus can fully fill and fully satisfy us. We see this in Isaiah 9. I love, and you can go as a family or as individuals later on, look at Isaiah 8 and 9. Um, 8 kind of talks about this gloomy mess that Israel is in, but 9 brings about the hope. And, and here's what I'm going to read from 9, chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. It says, even though all this has happened, nevertheless, the gloom, right? There's this gloominess, this this hole, this darkness over all the earth and every heart that needs to be filled with light. He says, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way uh, way of the sea, to the land east of the Jordan, to the Galilee of the nations. Talking about raising up Jesus here out of Galilee. That's where our hope is going to come from. And then here's the promise. Here's the promise for every, to fill every satisfaction of every longing. The people who are walking in darkness have seen a great light. The light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation, increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as rejoicing at harvest time and they, as they rejoice at dividing the spoils. Can you imagine that kind of rejoicing going on? There's joy to be had. There's joy because God is our everything and he's the one that has brought light into the darkness. So we rejoice at this time of harvest. What's going on at harvest time? You are piling in the fruit of your labor. It's like there's an overabundance overflowing, right? Bursting down the doors of how much we have. This is the kind of joy we ought to have and satisfaction we have because the light of Jesus Christ has dawned on us. For you, God, have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressors, just as you did in the day of Midian. Again, freeing the captives, giving us rest. He satisfies every longing. He is precisely what we need. Let me clearly say that another way. He is precisely what you need. Nothing more and nothing less. In Luke 1, we see part of the nativity story and the Christmas advent story was Zechariah's song. In Luke 1, he says, because of our God's merciful compassion. Isn't that great that we have a God who's amazing, who brings light to darkness, and he does it out of mercy and compassion? Because of God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Listen, I, I know that Christmas time brings up a lot of like tension sometimes for people. I have a missing family, or I'm not going to have this, or I'm not going to be able to see these people, or there's tension in relationships, or it reminds me of loss. But le- let, me, let me just throw this out there to you. That maybe Christmas should remind us of all the peace we've gained through Jesus Christ. That that's what we focus on. That, that whether or not I have a meal the way I had it last year or with the people I had it with the same year or whether I have, have abundance to give or, or, or I'm, I'm living in poverty and can't do much, it doesn't matter. Jesus and the peace that he brings through the light of salvation is enough for us. Amen? That's where the hope comes from. Psalm 65, 5, You answer us in righteousness with awe-inspiring works, God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and all the distant seas. This this hope was not just for Israel because this longing that people have is universal. This darkness that is over the whole earth is over the whole earth. He is the answer. And He is the hope of all the ends of the earth to any and all who would come to Him in repentant faith and believe the promise He will forgive and he will be your peace. Number three, as we move on through our song, not only is he the Savior we need and the satisfaction for every longing, we are looking forward to, number three, the King and his kingdom. The King and his kingdom. So now he's giving us peace. It's like, not, I want him to be the ruler. I want him to be in charge from now on, right? Because that's where peace comes from. Look at the next uh, verse in our song. Born thy people to deliver. Born a child, and yet a what? A king. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. We want more of Jesus. We see this in, in Luke chapter 2 as we, our story continues on. He goes on in praising God. says, God, you have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. Again, for all the world, Right? Going on, his father and mother were amazed at what he was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary. Indeed, this child is destined to cause a fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed. Now, how would you like to hear that about your kid? Yeah, lots of people are going to fall and rise, lots of people are going to hate him. He's going to be opposed. It's going to be a tough, tough road. Go further. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. God God is doing something big, but for him to be king, that means all the other kings of the earth have to stop being king. And that's what we're inviting, right? At Christmas, when, when I come and see the need for a Savior and I respond to him and let him be the satisfaction of my soul and that he's a forgiver of my sins, now I'm saying, God, I want you to reign. I want you to usurp every other authority that I could possibly have, including myself including myself. Well, let's stop. Let's start with the, the big picture, back to Isaiah 9. We see our, our famous prophecy of, of uh, a child being born to us, right? The, the, it says a child will be born for us, a son will be given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Right? All authority. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Great, amazing names. By the way, we did a Christmas series several years ago uh, called He Shall Be Named, or, or, and, and we went through every one of those names uh, in a four-week series. So if you're interested and have spare time this Christmas season, you can go back to our, our website and go check those out. But going on, he's, it goes on, it says, He'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. His dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And when we see this in proper perspective, it wasn't just like, oh, there was some guy that that died and he said he'd forgive us. Great, now we'll go about our business. No, no, it's his kingdom and we are his business. And, And we ought to be about the business of lifting him high and elevating him to the rightful ruling position. And he will be over every king and over every nation. But the invitation should also be, like I said, over every one of us as well. Remember the Lord's Prayer. He taught us to pray. What was it? That therefore you pray like this, our Father in heaven, your name is to be honored as holy. We elevate him. And we, what do we pray? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer has to start with me. God, your kingdom, in your kingdom, your will is perfectly being played out right now. It's not here. It is there, it's not here. So God, we ask that, that as much as it's up to me that I would yield my life, my situation, I would yield my circumstances, I would yield my priorities to yours and I would make you be king here. That your kingdom and its priorities would be reflected through my priorities. You would be king, you would be honored and that your will would be done. That I would be submissive to your will, not, not someone else's will and certainly not my own will. I would submit to your will. Will I? I, Listen, you and I, as we have faith in Christ, we long for a King and His kingdom. Why? Because our citizenship is of that kingdom. Now, our citizenship is not here. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Philippians three twenty. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We eagerly wait. We—that's that longing, right? Come, thou long expected. Jesus, our citizenship is in heaven. So is he is he king over you? We know we all can capitulate, oh yeah, he'll be king one day over everything. He will every knee will bow. Of course it will. Are you bowing today? Is he your master? Is he your king today? Will you will you pay homage to him now? Or in fear later? Hope today. Finally, number four. Looking forward to it. Number four, His eternal rule and reign. His eternal rule and reign. This is this is where we kind of see the 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 earlier on we said we're looking forward to something, right? I said I can't wait. We're looking forward to it. It's coming up one day. It's going to be there. We're going on this family trip or this. We're at my favorite restaurant next week or it's my birthday or I don't want to look forward to that. I don't know, but we're, we're looking forward to it. It's an eager waiting, right? So now now is our chance. We. We eagerly wait. Now, most of us, what we could say, this side of of the cross, we don't have to eagerly wait for Jesus anymore. Right? He's come. He's lived and he died and was buried and he resurrected. And he said, I've done this so that you would have forgiveness and that you would have life if you believe in me. But then he ascended to the Father, and as he went, he said, What? Arnold. I'll be back. He said, I'll be back. I'm coming again. And, and, and in the meantime it's going to be chaos in the meantime it's going to be crazy in the meantime sin is going to abound and, and wars are going to be fought and, and there's going to be chaos all over the earth but take heart I've overcome the world and I'm going to return and I'm going to, I'm going to ultimately rule and reign in total justice and total righteousness and so for you and I who, who are on this side of the cross but on the, on the front side of, of his return now we now we eagerly long and eagerly wait for the Lord. We expectantly wait for the Lord to return. Come, Lord, Jesus. The word in Greek is maranatha. We say, come, Lord. Come quickly. We're ready. You know, we talk about Israel and the things going on in Israel right now. And, and in, in the Middle East, it's, it's, it's everywhere, right? It's, it's in Asia. It's in Europe. It's in the Middle East. It's within our own borders. There's chaos. There won't be peace without Jesus. So we point everyone to Jesus. And how do we do that? By eagerly, expectantly waiting and hoping in Him. We live our lives that way. We don't live our lives in fear. Now you would if you don't know Him. But if we know Him and He was the Savior that we need and He satisfied every longing that we put Him up as King of our heart and on the throne of our lives, now what do we do? We just eagerly wait and we, as we eagerly wait, we love one another and shine the light of Christ. We see this in our story in Luke. I'm sorry, we're going back to uh, our verse, right? We haven't done that yet. Verse 4. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. That's the hope we have, is that God, we're one day, like you're going to raise in our hearts now, and one day you're going to raise us up to be with you forever. There won't be any more tears, or sorrow, or pain, or fear, or sin, or guilt, or death. Everything will be made new. We see the continuation here in Luke 2, 36-38. There's another part of the story, right? A prophetess named Anna. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband for seven years after marriage, and then she was a widow for 84 years. This guy was old, right? Got married... Maybe 16, was with her husband for seven years, at 84. She was pushing some limits there. She did not leave the temple. This was her heart, though. She did not leave the temple, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. Talk about eagerly waiting, right? At that very moment, when, when this, the baby was there, and Simeon's like, hey, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She's like, in that moment, she sees this baby. She sees what's happening. She thanks God for his provision and goes and tells everybody about him. That is an eternal mindset. She's like, everyone, you need to know about Jesus. Everyone, you need to know about the hope that there is in Jesus, the hope that God has given us, that there is redemption available for all of Jerusalem and really for the uttermost parts of the earth. It's an eternal perspective that she had. We need him as our Savior. We we are satisfied in Him. We invite Him to reign and we should eagerly wait for Him to return and make all things new. The last passage of Scripture, if you would turn there with me, is Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, we're going to read 4 through 9. Paul says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, he made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that, here's the eternal perspective, in the coming ages, He might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. You see what God has done in His mighty grace and His great compassion. He has seen you and He has seen me, deep sinners, separated from God, hostile to God. And He has pursued us with His very self as He came and put on human flesh as baby Jesus. And He grew, and He taught, and He ultimately went the cross as the God man fully God and fully man and he took my penalty on that cross and he took your penalty on that cross and then he was buried and he rose victoriously saying that all who come to him in faith and receive the grace of God would be given salvation eternal life forgiveness of their sins and made right with God what a what an amazing blessing what an amazing blessing we have in Jesus Christ. And he said, as we come to him, he's also then raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. That like you, are, you are a son and daughter of the Most High, co-heirs, brothers and sisters with Christ in heaven. And that's what we have to look forward to in heaven for all eternity in the coming ages. We look forward to his immeasurable riches of his grace as we remember and reflect on his kindness given to us through Jesus Christ. What do we look forward to? We look forward to his eternal rule. So we wait eagerly. Because one day, his victory will be eternally realized and revealed when we are fully or finally with him in heaven forever. So what do we say? Come thou long expected Jesus. At Christmas... As Christians, we should look forward to eagerly embracing Christ and eagerly waiting for Him. Amen? Let's stand together as we pray and I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up so we can respond to Him in reverent, rich worship. Let's pray. Father in heaven, You are are so good. We thank you so much for your word and God, that it is living and active. And God, it is is so amazing the mercy and grace you've given us through Christ. We thank you for that. Lord, we ask that, that you would help us to be more eagerly waiting, eagerly longing, eagerly looking forward to more of you. And Lord, for those who have not put their faith in you as Savior, God, I pray they would. They would stop, stop waiting. They would fill the longing of their heart through faith in Christ with Christ himself. And they'd find forgiveness and restoration and peace and satisfaction. And God, for the rest of us, that we would would be so eager as we wait that we would love deeply. God, that Jesus would be not only ruling and reigning in our hearts, but on our lips and in every conversation that we can't help but shine for Christ wherever we go. We thank you. We give you praise, and we pray this all in Jesus' name.